Hi, and thanks for downloading that B word. This is your beautiful bipolar host, Becky. And it's been quite a week for me. <laughs> I, well, I had to take some time off work because I had, because I was sick, essentially. <laughs> um, and I really hate taking time off work like that. I had to take two and a half days off, which is way more than I usually would. And I'm kind of uh, paranoid about going back to work. Let's see if, if anybody... I'm not sure if everybody's going to be mad at me or not. As for everything else, um, everything seems to be doing okay. All the medicine is still working fine, and um, everything's doing pretty well. So anyway, because of that, I haven't been quite as active on social media, so hopefully I'll be getting back into the swing of things. I'm getting a little of my energy back, so hopefully everything will straighten out from here. You know, I was on Twitter the other day and somebody mentioned that um, they thought it was really great that I was feeling stable through the holidays when often that's so much of a trigger for people with bipolar disorder. They tend to do worse around this time of year. And generally, I put myself in that camp too. I think it's the cold, the dark, you know, the the sad symptoms, the seasonal affective disorder symptoms that really tend to get me this time of year. But I, I really think that maybe for the first time ever, I'm properly medicated and doing uh, what it is I need to do to take care of myself. Um, this podcast being one of the things, I think it, it helps me uh, well, it helps me talk things through, work things out, and kind of get a more sense of more community, which I really love. Everyone who's written me emails and called me and, and spoken to me, I really appreciate all of that. Um, and I think that a lot of you say that it helps you to do so, and be assured that it helps me just as much. And I really, I really appreciate that a lot. But back to the seasons. I, as I said, I think it's the combination of the cold, the dark. Generally, I think that we're just not made to be out in this kind of weather as human beings. Generally, I think that we were designed more to kind of hibernate. Maybe not quite to the level of, say, you know, true hibernation, but to stay indoors and in shelter for the cold winter months. And we can't do that in modern society. We have to be out and we have to be social, go to work, go to the store, go to meetings, wherever, wherever it is that you go. You know, it doesn't have to be work or school. You know, life demands this of us. And if we don't pony up, you know, if we don't, get it done, then we feel bad about ourselves, like we're somehow less deserving or less successful than other people, which is just bollocks. You know what I mean? It's like all humanity is not created equal. People have different skills. People have different ways of looking at the world and different things that they contribute. It doesn't mean that you have to be type A lawyer person to be a valid person. And I think that's kind of what this time of year tells us we should be, right? We should be 
able to be out and um, just as happy when it's six o'clock and pitch black than it is, as we are in the summertime when we're out at nine o'clock having a bonfire or whatever. And, you know, we're told we should be buying things for people. You know, we should be giving people things. It stresses. It stresses being financially stable, you know what I mean? And it stresses uh, the materialism aspect of our everyday lives. And that's really unfortunate for a lot of people. That's not what they have to contribute. Their strengths are in other areas and they're made to feel less than or um, insignificant and it's just wrong and I hate it (laughs) but carry on right what uh, I contribute to it as well I mean I buy into the whole gift giving season and and all of that kind of stuff so I mean who am I to be on my high horse about that but all that is just to say that if you're not in a position to Uh, buy lots of extravagant gifts for your friends and family or if you're not in a position to see your friends and family or to you know celebrate the way that you know we've been taught that we must celebrate that doesn't make you less of a person you know you're still important to me and to a lot of people and I just want you to know that Okay, so for news and reviews today, I found an article that, frankly, made me real mad. Um, And I think it'll probably make you real mad, too. You may have heard about it. Um, The article is in The Guardian, and it's uh, the headline is, U.S. Prisoner Gouged Out Eyes After Jail Denied Mental Health Care, Lawsuit Says. So evidently, this is uh, an article by Sam Levin. This is regarding an incident that happened in Colorado. Evidently, uh, Ryan Partridge is suing the Boulder Law Enforcement Office, um, saying he was jailed for months on minor offenses, doesn't say what those are, um, that were later dismissed. And while he was incarcerated, numerous officers uh, failed to respond adequately to his self-mutilation and suicidal episodes. And the lawsuit alleges also ignored a judge's emergency order to get Partridge to a psychiatric psychiatric hospital where he could get treatment and instead left him alone in his cell. And there he gouged out his own eyeballs, which I don't know about you guys, but that freaks me out. I have eye things. <laughs> That's the basic gist of it, but it goes on to, goes on to detail even worse treatment, um, evidently. Now, this is all what he's alleging in his lawsuit, that um, he was tased and beaten and that and then he was uh, put in isolation and that, in addition, exacerbated all the all his illness and his delusions. He um, is actually schizophrenic. And unfortunately, you know, as many people with mental illness suffer, he was jailed for several minor offenses like loitering, trespassing, um, and at one point was homeless. And the lawsuit alleges that he was 
tased, punched, and put in a restraint chair um, when he was having his episodes and briefly was sent over to the community hospital um, and then back to the prison and never did he go to a uh, mental health facility. Uh, The article, if you'd like to take a look at it, it's pretty in-depth and it's just um, scary. It's this, this poor man is blind now because he did not receive the care that he needed as he was a ward of the state. And say what you want about our prison system, but when somebody's in prison, that our government has responsibility for those people. And they were failing him. And they failed him epically. And to add insult to literally injury... He was, the charges against him were dismissed. He was essentially in prison for no good reason and tortured the entire time he was there, being withheld potentially life-saving medical treatment. This man attempted suicide twice by jumping off a second floor railing and landing on his head. He broke vertebrae and then he tried it again a month later. And yet the lawsuit alleges that that the mental health person there, I don't know if... <laughs> I know what you could call him, mental health advocate at the prison, along with the prison chief, decided that this was not a true suicide attempt, but instead was attention-seeking behavior, which, I mean, that's pretty extreme attention-seeking behavior from somebody who's diagnosed schizophrenic and is known to have delusions. So um, I'm thinking they just didn't want to deal with it. Now, to be fair, the prison has responded and They have stated that the lawsuit alleges things that are untrue and that the information contained is incomplete, but have not given details as what to might mean, citing, and rightly so, you know, issues of privacy. Obviously, you don't want prison employees going about speaking about prisoners' medical records and whatnot. But there's a lot of damning, a lot of damning information in there. And even if it's partly true, it's still horrific. And my heart goes just, my heart goes out to this guy. That's, nobody should have to go through that. And now he's left with another disability for the rest of his life. And I can only imagine um, it's like going from one form of isolation to another. It's sad and it shouldn't happen. So for our interview this week, we're again speaking with Elle, and she wanted to share part of her story regarding um, benzodiazepine addiction and the stigma that she faces in her everyday life after having um, dealt with some very public issues. And I really appreciate her um, coming on and being so candid with everything. And without any further ado, here's Elle. How's it going? Hi. How are you feeling? Kind of like crap. My head hurts. Blah. But I live, I guess. <laughs> Did you go to the doctor? No, I didn't. I don't want to. I hate going to the doctor. <laughs> I, I know, I'm really bad. <laughs> I'll probably like 
have to pass out before they take me. What? I'm one of those people who doesn't want to go to the doctor until they're, like, already half dead. <laughs> so. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Weird. So, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. I'm like, oh, I wonder how long this is going to last for. <laughs> I called my uh, my shrink. I'm, I'm like, uh, the receptionist is like, what's wrong? I'm like, my mood, and I'm going to call her. She's going to be like, yeah, what's wrong with that? I'm like, well, how long is this going to last for? So I just, you know, don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. <sighs> I think well. I'm like a little, uh, like, too happy, but... You know, at least it'll help me, like, clean my kitchen, so. <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> I could definitely do with a little bit of that energy. to other people though I think that's kind of normal but I don't have that right I know I'm just my skin is really sensitive though so maybe that's part of it I don't yeah know. I, I read it that is um, breaks your face out it makes uh, you have like dry patches basically makes you look like a mental patient <laughs> Yay. And, uh, <laughs> right under the eyes you know metabolic syndrome around the waist Yeah, that's one of my big fears, <laughs> is that uh, I'm going to end up being like 350 pounds and they're going to have to like break a wall out of my house to get me to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, it's like you wind up looking like an incredible Hulk mental patient. And like I said, I, I, I used to take care of people in the nursing home I used to work in that were on these beds. They were basically like people that weren't violent, that, you know, weren't in keep saying telling myself that i don't know if i can really just like watch what i eat and stuff then i might not gain all the weight or whatever but i don't know i probably won't lose any either which i really should you know she told me like you could lose weight i was really depressed and i didn't eat i lost 10 pounds because they took me off to not and 
which mm-hmm. was good. And then I started eating normally and not eating from the book bag of potato chips. And I gained five pounds back. I'm like, this isn't, you know, I'm going to be 40 years old. I was like, this isn't going to work. And, yeah. um, you know, I was talking to my mother. She's like, will you give the medication pad to work? I was like, okay. It's another symptom of my disorder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm really bad at that, too. <laughs> Are you, like, um, like me, where, like, uh, you'll periodically just feel like, oh, I can go off this medication. I'll be fine. And then you end up waist-deep in a um, pool of alcohol or something. <laughs> I'm, you know what? Like, I, like I told you, like, before, I was never medicated until, like, well, five years ago, I went on big mistake. and went to my family doctor, and I got uh, on an antidepressant. And a benzo. Yeah. That was my fault. And I took them, like, as prescribed. And then about two years ago, and then, like, three years ago, I went on fentramine to lose weight. I had just 15, 20 pounds to lose. And, um, you know, I wanted to end my 30s, and I wanted to look good to go to a wedding and just, you know, as vanity took it. And then um, you can only stay on the fentramine for a certain amount of time. And then I asked them to put me on, because I was doing shift work, Adderall. I took that and uh, everything else. And then um, that's the only time I was ever medicated. And then when I came back from the rehab the first time, they didn't stabilize me. And I said, oh, I don't need a... I don't need this medication, and I um, I went completely insane. Yeah. And I had to be, that's when I went to the hospital, and they, like, shot me up and tied me down, and I almost wound up getting admitted to a, uh, a hospital for the criminally insane. For the criminally <laughs> insane? Why? Well, when I was, uh, to my behavior, because I was, uh, I was bouncing off the walls, and, uh, I was uh, threatening to kill myself, and uh, I was telling them, fuck you and stuff. I thought I was street trash, and they were just going to throw my ass into a mental hospital for the criminally insane. That's, that's, you're not a criminal. That's stupid. You don't get out of there. They, they, they do really bad things to people. When I was a nurse in the hospital, I saw what they did to old ladies in there. You, you don't get out of there and you live there and you get tortured in there oh, and they God. said to my mother you know if uh if we can't get her into any other hospital she's going there and my mother had to get a lawyer i i was out of my mind they never stabilized me at the um the detox facility and because i i had i was having a hormone flush and i wasn't stabilized and I came home, and I was suicidal. I was never suicidal in my life because I was on and off Haldol, psych meds I was never on before. And then I was arguing with my mother. I was out of control, going through a benzo withdrawal, whatever else, mm-hmm. like on and off of these meds. Um, I went to the hospital, and I was just out of control. I was out of control, and I didn't hurt anybody. But I was out of control, and they said, if you don't stop, we're going to tie you down. Because the nurse in the hospital, reading through my chart, she was in the ER, and I was admitted a few days prior to that for medical reasons. And um, she gave me a really hard time, and then she went in the ER, and she was just looking through my chart. And I said, and I was 
fighting with her, and then I don't remember what else happened, and they told me, if you don't stop yelling at her, we're going to tie you down. So I said, tie me down, and it was just, they tied me down, and they shot me up, and they said it doesn't matter whether or not you told them it was okay to tie you down. You still didn't have control of yourself. Um, it was then that they involuntarily committed me. I had a... Uh, they violated HIPAA because I had a friend in uh, who was a nurse and high up in something else who they called and told him, how do you know this girl? She's street trash, and um, why do you care about her? And she's on the board to going to her. I, no, I, I actually her. haven't. Is that, the, what? is that the hospital you're talking about? Yeah, it's a, it's a prison. Yeah. Uh, I, was never, I was never, like, arrested in my life. I had never hurt anybody or anything. And it could have been anything, like, for all they knew. It could have been, like, you're, that you react to this for other reasons, and they didn't even know. The only reason they knew was because, even though I was, like, psychotic, I told them. And um, it was really bad. My mother had to get a lawyer to fight for me for, like, a long time. And um, she got me into a good place after that. That's why I take my meds. And, uh, and I heard of... Um, people going to that place and getting out of there committing suicide. Wow. The, the, the state has, like, if you ever research that place, that place is supposed to have been closed. The state has multiple lawsuits against them because they tie people up, they commit suicide. Um, there's been multiple assaults. People there, I mean, like, sexual assaults in there. Like, and I've seen it when I worked in a, when I worked in a hospital. I've seen what they do to people. Oh, man. And, and uh, I've seen them in the hospital I went to. They'll just, like, if anybody's biting, kicking, or screaming, they throw them in that place sometimes. Because I was yelling and screaming. And because of my behavior, they were just going to shut me there. Don't actually try to help people or anything. No, they don't. They think it's, it's funny. They look at you and they treat people, regardless of whether... You know, my drug screen was negative, but any type of mental illness, they laugh at you. It was like, I had the whole ER in there looking at me. Wow. Like, I had like 10 people in there. Like, I was possessed. Yeah, it's, that's sad. It seems like that's people's first reaction. And I don't know if it's because people are scared. And so they, you know, act cruelly. You know what I mean? Or if it's... Just the stigma, or that's their. Um, I was on the other side of it. That's their. Um, that's their entertainment for the night. They're not scared, and everybody says HIPAA. There's no HIPAA. It got yeah. back. My it got back to me through my friend. Like everything that happened to me that night, there's no such thing as HIPAA. Wow, that's terrible. In the medical community, at least, like I just. You know, you have to control yourself. And how hard is it? I know better now, but how hard is it to control yourself when you're going through a complete crisis and your mind is breaking down? Like, it's pretty hard. Right, yeah. And you have security guards jumping on top of you that are 20-something years old, like, trying to put the lead bleeds on your, your wrists. Like, you're, like, a, a sideshow freak. Oh, that's all. I'm sorry you had to go through all yeah. that. It's, it was my own fault, but yes, I let my well, mental illness spiral out of control, and I should have just known better. 
the nurse that was a guy who was already he's like, why are you, you know, why are you doing this? You know better. And he's like, I didn't want to tie you down. I should just shut my mouth. But I was so out of control. Yeah. <laughs> you were showing me that video about um, that Lindsay Lohan, that the guy, the British guy. Uh, yeah. Can't remember his name. The funny one. <laughs> She's on Adderall too. The fuck. She. I don't know. If she like what's going on with her, but like. The father was saying he thinks that she's going to um, kill herself on Adderall. And um, they said that, like, a lot of people are on it. Like, and they use it for, like, narcolepsy and stuff like that that don't have ADD. And they're, Adderall and something else is, like, cough medicine. I saw that. Like, bipolar people take it. My roommate was like that. She was in her 60s. And they're, they're developing, like, like amphetamine-induced psychosis on it. Yeah. Yeah, you can't be on that stuff if you have if you're gonna be manic. You just can't. <laughs> I mean, that's no good. It's not even funny, dude. Like I didn't even know. Like I was like, oh, this makes me beautiful. Like, I don't see it. Yeah. Shit. Like, I had no idea. Yeah. It, it's and it takes so much away from you. You know, like what to be skinny <laughs> to be skinny and alone. <laughs> Yeah, but you're going to look good in that coffin, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, that's what happened to me. Like, yeah. I, the, 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 I ruined, like... You still there? That was my psychiatrist, but oh. whatever, I'll call her back. Um, <laughs> let's see what happened to me when I... I think I was manic for uh, months. Yeah. Actually, months. Yeah, probably. And Yeah. But his brother 
affective bipolar type. Um, so he knew something was wrong, but he didn't know exactly what it was. So he mm-hmm. let me, he just gave me so much room to almost kill myself with because he didn't really get what was going on. Yeah. I was, um, nasty to him. Like, I was waking him up at two o'clock in the morning and screaming at him. Like, uh, it was, it was bad. And then I was like crashing during the day. I couldn't get out of my bed. I was in a deep, it was funny because I was in this deep depression Mm -hmm. too. And then like, I would stay up all night in pain. Like my body was breaking down, but I would still keep myself up like taking my Adderall like I, I don't know what the fuck I was doing like I don't I was never like this in my life like I don't know what the fuck I was doing and uh I don't even know if some parts of that were mania I I don't know it might have been like a mix it sounds like maybe a mixed state kind of thing you know what I mean maybe yeah like, maybe it was mixed those are terrible those are like you're suicidal and yet you have all this energy and you're just running around and you can't sit still and it's really bad it's when you like actually feel crazy at least for me (laughs) yeah it was like that but at the same time i was so exhausted from the depression and then i was taking my adderall to like first of all because i was i got myself addicted to it or whatever and then I was taking it actually to make myself come out of the depression but I was yeah it's nuts like Mm -hmm. it was ridiculous and um I basically alienated myself from everybody because I was such a freaking freak and um it's funny because at that time um I was on I was not I hated Facebook when I was before I got myself all twisted up on this stuff, I was never on Facebook because I always had like label, like I was always had depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. but never anything like this because I wasn't on these medications. And um, I was on Facebook. Then I started a big fight on Facebook mm-hmm. because somebody was texting my husband at one o'clock in the morning on Christmas. Ooh. from a job he was at. So now I'm all... Oh, Christmas, I was manic. This is before I got really, really, really bad. Started this huge-ass fight. Like, I was 16 years old. Like, I don't know who I thought I was. You know what I mean? Like, God. <laughs> now I start this big fight on Facebook, and somebody responds to it. This lady I used to work for his cousin, who I think lives in Ohio, and he's like trash. Mm. And um, there's Ohio. Her son. <laughs> no, not because it's Ohio. Because well, maybe because it's Ohio. Straight up trash. <laughs> and um, he's like, "Who the fuck are you?" And I'm like, I'm just responding to him in my manic, trashy yeah. way because I turned myself into trash, basically. And you know, everything that uh, took 15 years for me to develop into, like my parents raised me to be, basically I destroyed in a matter of a year. Mm. And thank God I wasn't out on the streets doing this because I would have been dead. Yeah. And um, I was arguing 
<laughs> then, I, then I started researching. I'm like, holy shit. And um, I had, uh, I, I was on Facebook for the first time because, like, I, I never wanted to be on it because when I was in my right mind, I knew I was very, um, like, impulsive. And I, I really didn't want to see, like, other people's lives because my life was always a little bit different, even when I was on meds. And I, I didn't want to compare myself to others. And, uh, then I became grandiose, and mm. I was like, oh, I'm going to be on Facebook, you know? <laughs> and I started a war. Well, this lady I worked for, she had a, a nursing agency. She knew the meds that I was taking prior to that. Like, she knew I was on medication. So, she goes, what meds are you on? You fucking believe I told him my meds? Ooh. That's how crazy I was. Yeah. And they're asking me, how many milligrams are you on? <laughs> and I'm telling him. Telling this this asshole my exact—that's some pretty heavy medication. And it, his cousin, you know, was a a drug addict that went to prison and everything. Heroin addict, and uh, like people know who he is. So she um, basically was telling me to stop, and I was like so manic and out of it. I'm like, I'm not stopping. She's like, I'm warning you now, stop. I said, I'm not stopping. Mm-hmm. And uh, he hacked into my account, and I had pictures like of me, you know, like in a costume or whatever. Um, I had a tape of me when I was manic, like babbling. I don't even know because I fucking erased it. He um, he posted all of them. Oh man! And um, he posted every single one of them, and he was like, "How old are you?" He goes, you, what do you think, you're 15, you're fat. I was not fat. Aww. And he was like, you're ugly, you're a mess face. Like, I always took care of myself. I was not smoking my Adderall. My, I did not ruin my teeth. Like, I, I said to him, like, I don't even, he was, I don't know, but it was bad. And he's like, you're a retard. I'm like, I'm not retarded. I, I said, I did well in school. Like, I'm not retarded now. You know what I mean? But I didn't understand what he meant by it because I was so far gone. Like, yeah. Like, with the meds and everything that I, I was deteriorating. I didn't understand what he meant. And um, he was like, you're going to die. And uh, he was putting all these emojis and stuff. And then, like, he hacked into my account of, like, where, like, everything I was watching and stuff. And then he posted all that. And, like, it turned into a big, huge, like, public humiliation thing. Jeez. It was, it was bad. And, uh, she then called the Board of Nursing on me and told them that I was stealing medications, which I wasn't. And she didn't call the cops because her son was a drug addict and she didn't want them like tracing the call and I wasn't stealing meds because I wasn't freaking working and I never did steal meds because I had a lot of enemies because of my mouth and if I did they would have known about it and I didn't do pain pills and I had my own prescriptions for whatever else I was on and um I found I found that out and uh did they take your license uh, away for that or no they didn't have any proof because she owned an agency that was only open for a few months Oh. And they didn't have any proof on it, and the facilities never, you know, said anything. That was her being a scumbag. Yeah. And 
um, I just found out about it. And I know, like, why wouldn't you call the cops? Why wouldn't you call the cops and the Board of Mercy when it happened initially? Why would you wait over a year? Right. That was, you know what I mean? And yeah. I know when that was done, that was not an argument, that big argument. So, um, I don't really care because I will never be a nurse again because of what I went through and just because, like, everybody hates me anyway because they just never liked me because of my mouth. And I pretty much argued myself out of last few places I could work in because I was on the wrong bed and, like, people didn't like me and they did give me a hard time, but I was acting over the top anyway mm-hmm. because my meds were wrong. Yeah. And this is before I even got on Adderall, like, even when I was on just Effexor and whatever else I was on. Yeah. Antidepressants will do that um, by themselves. Even, antidepressants will do that even without, you know, any sort of and, yeah, up or anything. Uh, I think that was a scumbaggy thing for her considering yeah. what went on in her own family. But I, she's like, I warned you. And I'm like, okay, so you just hack into my Facebook account. You know that I'm mentally not right. And you have a drug addict son and son-in-law. And then you're doing that to me, like, to, to that level. Like, okay, that's fine. And um, I still never saw what, I know they posted everything on Facebook, because anybody that I was friends with on Facebook, they wouldn't respond to me. Mm. When um, I was talking to this girl that I knew, and she's like, oh my God, you so don't deserve this. And I was so manic. Like, I was like, I don't really care what they're saying. So now, even though I'm getting better, I can't work anywhere in the community. Like, because if somebody sees me, and I'm still not better mm-hmm. yet. Like, I'll get into a fight and I'll automatically get fired. Yeah. That's how bad it is. I, I did it to myself. What am I going to do now? Yeah. So, let's see what else happened. Do you, do you have, like, a BSN or are you uh, LPN? What? Do you have a BSN or are you RN? I, was, I just had my RN. That's mm-hmm. it. I mean, I could have gotten my BSN easily, but because of know my issues and anxiety and depression like I, I did my job well but like I couldn't handle it like yeah. I wasn't strong enough to handle the ins and outs of that field because it's very clicky it's very you gotta be able just to be like whatever and I couldn't do it yeah I did it for nine years and I couldn't do it I got myself blacklisted and fired over like social stuff usually. yeah never like did anything like work wise or like I never stole any meds I never like got fired for not doing my job it was just the social aspect and if you make enemies it follows you it's very cyclical and it follows you from job to job to job and people know who you are and you after a while can't get work and you have to move out of state yeah my mom's a nurse and she had some kind of similar stuff where she had trouble finding a job because she made the wrong enemies of the wrong people you know what i mean so i definitely know how that goes they are and that's why i got pissed because i was like if i stole medications i would have been reported everything because people knew who i was right and i never even knew about this complaint until somebody told me about it and uh after i had my uh you know, all of my crisis and all this stuff happened, I said, you know what, I would have to, I'm not doing this anymore, there's no way I can handle this type of stress now. Yeah. So, all that schooling and everything is down the drain, but I hated it anyway. Yeah. I liked the, the people I took care of, but I hated the 
social aspect. I worked in a nursing home one time, and they used to sit there, and they used to, one of the men, some, this guy in management who I was friendly with, told me they used to sit there, and they used to say that I was schizophrenic, because I had, at that time, I thought just anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. But I attribute all of this just to my general practitioner, who's a scumbag. Like, he knew, I was going in there, and I was saying, there's something wrong. Like, you know, I'm still depressed. I was telling them I didn't know what it was, but there's something wrong. And instead of them saying, like, we're not going to order you anything anymore, get yourself to a psychiatrist. Yeah. Because I was, like, losing energy and everything. They were like, okay, here you go. Here's more. Yeah. That surprises me because was it that's the same doctor that gave you, like, the Adderall and the Fentramine and all everything, of that? Everything. Everything. And he also, it, like... Anything you, like I wanted, like here you go. I was like, okay, well, if I take Adderall, I could be, I could stay skinny because I'm in my late thirties, and I can go to this wedding, and it will help you with depression. Oh yeah. And then I was coming in after that, and I was telling him like, or his nurse, and like one of the nurses in the office, like I don't feel good, and they were just like, well, do you want a mood stabilizer? And I'm like, no, I don't want to gain any weight. And then it, it'd be like, okay, here's here's more. Huh. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that people should definitely go to a psychiatrist for any sort of, like, psych med. Doctors don't know how to do anything. Yeah, like, I, I was a nurse. I should have known better. But at the same time, I was a nurse. So a little bit of, like, education, it, it can kill you. Yeah. So, but, but by that time, I was too far gone. Like, I was getting depressed. I'm like, oh, I can handle this. You know, I'll be able to handle it. But... I never experienced like that type of depression before. Plus, like that doing that type of substance because my cousin had ADHD and it and I was in the same exact medication as her and it almost killed me. And she's fine with it and she's been on it for like fifteen years. Wow, my sister takes Vivian's for ADHD, which I don't understand why she even takes it because she will describe to me this is her in the morning. Naturally, with nothing, without taking anything. She'll wake up every day at like five o'clock in the morning and have all the energy. And like she describes to me that her thoughts are racing and that she has all this energy first thing in the morning. I'm like, so what you're telling me is that you're manic when you wake up. <laughs> and he's like, well, I don't think so. I'm like, well, yeah. And then you take Vivance and <laughs> that can't be good for you. But she's skinny, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she's. She's skinny. She's a doctor, too, so you can't she, tell her anything. She's what? She's a doctor, so you can't tell her anything. She knows everything oh, already. Doctor? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're not going to be able to tell her anything. No. Trust me, I know. <laughs> she thinks completely off base. I'm like, you're describing to me mania. I don't know how else to could, like process the information you're giving me. That's the only thing I can describe it as. <laughs> you know, I don't... I think that stuff should be um, more controlled because... You, I almost killed myself on it. Like, not only does it make you addicted, but, like, it, it messes with your mind so much that it just puts you in such a deep depression. Like, it, I don't think they should hand it out so freely. Yeah. I don't know. I know that at least my, where I get my psychotherapy and my meds at, it's kind of, like, regulated by the county, I think. And so they have waiting periods on getting refills of certain medications, you know, like Adderall and Vivans and a few other ones. I can't remember. But so, I mean, they at least are doing something. And they also won't prescribe me any benzos, so they must be doing something right. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, you definitely don't want to be addicted to that stuff. You know, it's like you hallucinate when you go go off of it. And, you know, I went to the doctors that put me on all this medication. And I was looking one day at the prescriptions that they were writing, and it was the same garbage. It was like Admiral Xanax, Admiral Xanax. Like, you have the whole town, like, everybody's mind is twisted. And thanks, Sel, for coming back on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, that was actually just the first half of our conversation. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, split it and next week's episode will contain the other half of the conversation. We kind of switch modes a little bit. Um, so I think it'll bring something new um, to offer. And I'd like to really um, thank all the people who have gone to um, the iTunes store or to their own individual podcasting app and left me a rating and a review. Uh, It really means a lot to me and it really helps. So thank you so much for doing that. And if you haven't done it yet, please, uh, please do it. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps me out. And also thank you to everybody who sent me an email. I really appreciate those as well. And if you'd like to send me an email and just let me know how you think I'm doing or if you have a story to share, then you can do that at that B word at stonefruitmedia.net. That is .net. I think I mistakenly said .com once or twice before, but it's .net. <laughs> um, or you can go to my website, which is that B word.stonefruitmedia.net. And you can click on the contact us link and it'll take you to a form that you can fill out and send to me. You can also leave me a message on Twitter at thatbword1 or find me on Facebook at thatbwordpod and on Pinterest at thatbwordpodcast. And you can find all of our previous episodes at thatbword.stonefruitmedia.net. And again, please do rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I really appreciate it. And something new... um, our podcast has been invited into the psych.media podcast group. So uh, please do check out some of the other podcasts in that group. Uh, Bipolar style comes immediately to mind. Um, And thanks for supporting. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye. Mm -hmm.